helping you make the most of your retirement. This is the Retirement Years Podcast. Here are your hosts, Mary Ellen French and Dave Wing. Hi there, I'm Mary Ellen French. And I'm Dave Wing. And before we continue, today's episode will air on November the 11th, which is Remembrance Day here in Canada. Mary Ellen and I would like to take a moment to honor and thank those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our nation and our way of life. Last week, we kicked off a series of five episodes focusing on planning a meaningful retirement. We are referring to a paper created by the organization RTO-ERO, that paper entitled Five Ways to Think About Retirement Planning and Money Isn't One of Them. And keep in mind, a link to that document can be found on our website, theretirementyearspodcast.com. We started off last time by reviewing the stages of retirement that many, if not all of us, will go through over the course of our retirement. We noted that each stage is quite fluid and at times may not be linear, meaning you may go through a stage only to return to it later, depending on your circumstances. And before we jump into today's topic, Mary Ellen, Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Sure. And this is when I have spare time, I think about these things or I was out raking leaves. So I my mind tends to wander. And I was wondering if there was anything in your childhood or teenhood that you had then that you thought uh-huh. was pretty cool, but you don't now, you don't even know if, if it exists. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure there were lots of things. Oh, I remember having an Etch-A-Sketch. Do you remember those? Oh, I, I can picture it to the T when I think about it. I, to me, they were, they were magical. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for any of our, I don't know if we have any younger listeners, but it was a, it was a square or I guess a rectangle, it probably the size of an iPad mm-hmm. to help relate to people yeah, with yeah. two physical knobs on it. Nothing that you touched on a screen. And um, as you as you rotated the knobs, uh, a line would magically appear on the screen and you could literally sketch with, you know, depending on how you turn the dials on these knobs. I agree. It was magical. Absolutely. Because yeah, you could go right, left, up, down mm-hmm. uh, and it was straight line. So you could, <laughs> but it, you could master by turning them at the same time. You could kind of make an arc. Yes. An arc, like you could do a bit of a bend, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was never patient enough probably to, to fully succeed at using the Etch-A-Sketch, but they were fun. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I remember, uh, now you remember in Canada, we had the company KTEL. Yes. And KTEL had everything. And you, you may have had KTEL albums. That was the way you, they stuck yes. like 22 songs on one album and you, yes. and then you thought they were hits. Yes. Um, some were, some weren't. Uh, they also produced products that were sort of like the Acme company on, on um, cartoons. Uh, yes. Wiley Coyote ordered from. And so I remember as a kid, well, the kids, the neighborhood kids too, we had to have <laughs> super slider snow skates. <laughs> and, and picture, if you will, a piece of plastic that kind of looks like a frog's foot when it's laying flat. And then you strapped it to your boot and it came up the back a bit. You tied that on too. And they were ribbed down uh, the middle a bit. Yeah. And you were supposed to be able to, first of all, go downhill with these on your feet. 
and it's uh-huh. like a crazy carpet strapped to your feet. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if it was my sense of balance or what, but it never was very successful for me. On the commercials, they found the one kid in all of Canada that could go downhill <laughs> in these damn things, but I, mm-hmm. I couldn't. So we converted them to um, road hockey. And you maybe have to live in Canada. I'm not sure to just know about the hockey culture. And as a kid, you're going to grow up and be a be in the NHL and all that. So we right. were playing on snowy streets with these. Well, that didn't work either because you couldn't get any purchase. You couldn't no. like move fast enough. So they were a bit of a flop. Uh, I forget what they charged for this piece of plastic and a bootlace. But um, that was something from my childhood that we had to have. And it was so cool when it arrived. And we all met as kids and strapped them on and and you know, fairly quickly realized that it looked cooler on on TV. Yeah. So yeah, that and and you know that'd be something interesting too if if listeners wanted to send us a an email or contact us through social media just to let us know if there's something that they had then and it, it might even predate our then mm-hmm. and that today kids wouldn't even know and and in in our conversation off air you were mentioning the rotary phone and there's yes. a lot of kids that wouldn't have a clue how to run one. No, either. Um, so Mary Ellen, uh, what will be the focus of today's episode as we look at planning a meaningful retirement? Yeah. So today's focus is on the big idea from that white paper that there's no one size fits all when it comes to retirement. And that makes sense when you think about it, because there's no average working life, right? We all have Mm -hmm. different jobs. We've got different skills, different interests. I mean, some of us can't even imagine doing someone else's job. And I know for a fact, I've had several people say to me that they can't imagine doing what you and I did for a living before we retired. So, you know, really, why should our retirement look the same as other people's retirements? And that that is an excellent point. And one I, I would be on, I'd honestly say I didn't even think about that the sort of uniqueness of when we were working, uh, even if we're in the same type of profession, you may still have a very different role or approach it differently or enjoy yeah. it more or less. But yeah, that that is like, why would we think that there should be one type of retirement? Clearly there isn't. And no. I, I just want to quickly give you an example. For the past week, I have a very good friend who's been traveling around in the state of Ohio. And he's been going to see his favorite team play football, an NFL game. Uh-huh. He's been sending me clips of video. He's been sending me pictures of tailgate parties, all of the stuff that <laughs> ordinarily I would have loved to have been involved in too. Mm-hmm. However, he's in a different situation. Uh, yes. Both he and his spouse are retired. His spouse um, and, and mine is not. Right. And his spouse loves live football and mine would rather picnic in Winnipeg in January outside. So <laughs> I'm just in a very different place, but yeah. I'm happy, but I, and I, I had to grudgingly after I got over the envy, be happy uh, for him as well. Um, but on the topic of different lifestyles, I came yeah. across an article in for, uh, from Forbes magazine mm-hmm. and the title is the most bizarre and unusual retirement lifestyles. Now I can assure you that that's a, a bit of an overstatement. I, mm-hmm. I don't find them. Maybe I'm bizarre, but I don't think they particularly are, but I'll just hit some of the highlights for you. Okay. Um, for example, uh, a certified financial planner that works out of California, with, and they work not exclusively, but largely with retirees who want to live full or part-time abroad. So they, yeah. they may just go for part of the year or, or whatever. And uh, she said the amount of time they spend there depends on how much they have, obviously, to retire on. Right. But, um, some, some end up buying a house for as little as 200000 which I 
I say that realizing that that's not little for everyone, but in today's market, 200,000 is probably not a lot for a home. Mm -hmm. And they also cite cheaper medical costs as an incentive to stay as well, which Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought of because here in Canada, again, we have universal health care. Yeah. The number one destination for U.S. retirees is Mexico. And I know you mentioned earlier a place you love. Mm -hmm. So a study done by the International Community Foundation surveyed a thousand U.S. retirees living in Mexico and found that 79 percent cite uh, lifestyle. As the reason for choosing oh. Mexico, they love the oh. lifestyle. Okay, uh, and seventy-five percent attributed their decision to the cost of living. So okay, I guess if you can have a reduced cost of living and you love your lifestyle, that would be a, a great choice. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't find that choice bizarre or unusual. It's no, just it's... not possible, obviously, for some people. I realize that. Right. Uh, another one that I hadn't heard of is retirees who mix work with retirement, and they are work campers. Work campers? Work campers. They both put that all in one word. They live in their RV and they drive to recreational areas, parks, campgrounds, amusement parks. And in exchange for wages and a free campsite, they'll work there. So they can park their RV. They work the gate or I don't know if you've, I've, we've had the, the, the fortune of taking our kids to Disney once. And many of the employees, the Florida, whichever that one is, Disney World, Disneyland. Um, many of the workers there were retirees. Oh. my experience. So these work campers go to different places they would love to visit anyway, do a little work, and then go on to the next place. So that would oh, be I love that lifestyle. Um, some have chosen to go to a uh, truck driver school and become uh, get licensed to drive an eighteen wheeler. Cool. And then they go on and they get. I mean, it's not a always a pleasure cruise. Don't get me wrong, but they can see different parts of of mm-hmm. America. Yeah, and the one company said that most of the trainees are men, but that forty percent reported that they're accompanied by their retired spouse or partner on huh. the trip. So cool. again, yeah. and then the last one's interesting. Uh, if you're a stargazer, the Arizona Sky Village offers a residential community forty six hundred feet above sea level. Wow. And the lots are 75 acres. They're now <laughs> sold out, by the way, if you're considering looking oh. into it. They are sold out, but the community offers fractional shares, sort of like a timeshare. Oh, like a timeshare. Yeah. And you can go in and, and enjoy that there, but you wouldn't be living there. But I guess it's one of the greatest places for, with an unobstructed view for telescopes. Uh, cool. And so, yeah. So just some ideas outside the box. But yeah. uh, again, the title, Bizarre and Unusual, maybe not, but... It's a read in Forbes magazine if you wanted to uh, look that up online. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make sure that we put a uh, link to that on our website as well for people. Sure. Um, it, that You know, Dave, that reminds me of Louisa's story, right? We uh, talked to Louise in uh, episode four. And for those of you who may have missed it or, or this is the first episode you're listening to, uh, Louise chose to move this past year in 2022 from Canada to the Dominican Republic. 10 years after retiring. And uh, we're going to hear from her again later in this episode today, uh, along with another one of our guests from an earlier episode, Nancy, because, uh, you know, some of the pieces that were in their interviews are really relevant to what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. So from the white paper, uh, the, the key question that they're recommending that you ask yourself before you retire is, what is it that I want to do in retirement? 
And I'm going to say that one again, because I think it's, I think it's important, but I also think it's easy to just, you know, toss an answer off the cuff. And that's not what this is about. So the question is, what is it that I want to do in retirement? And like, that was not a question that I gave much thought to before I retired. I was, I think I thought that I was too busy when I was working to consider that question. And I think I thought I'd have time to think about it once I retired. And in doing the research for this episode, you know, you really need to sit with that question and really think about, well, what is it that I want to do in retirement? Because there's so many options and there's nothing to say that you have to do all of those options in the first five years, as I'm quickly discovering uh, with any luck, with good health, you know, you should have, you should have many years ahead of you to pop as many things into retirement as you want to. But it is definitely a question that you want to give a lot of contemplation to. And I, I would be the first, and I don't mean to speak on behalf of both of us, but I think we were both maybe a little naive about coming into retirement and 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 how you could prepare. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of why we're right here right now. Yes. What we're doing, because um, your idea was, you know, let's share that and we don't have all the answers and we'll try to find people who have more answers and maybe listeners. We'll have mm-hmm. some answers as well about what makes a a great retirement. But yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think the busier you are, you you run headlong into it, and then all of a sudden you're now thinking, what is it where you could have? What is it I want to do? You could have been thinking about that. And I was I was one of those guilty ones that I focused on. I met with a financial advisor. We plotted out when I would do certain things and when I would take out certain monies or whatever. And that's what I focused on because again, being a bit type A, that that seemed to me to be the the important piece. And right. I'm finding out it is. Sure. But you could be sitting on a fortune and if you're not enjoying it, and I'm not, by the way, um, <laughs> it, uh, with two kids in post-secondary that, that the fortune's crumbling if I had it anyway. Yeah. But um, I think that the, the important thing is to have a plan to do something with whatever means you have and living within them, but, yes. but still having the time of your life. And you mentioned Nancy. Yep. And uh, when planning for retirement came up in your interview with her, I think she had something very important to say. Here it is. I think that people do really well with their retirement years if they figure out what they enjoyed most about their work, if they did enjoy it, okay? (laughs) Um, Or what they miss now about their previous work. Because to the answer to those questions is a surprise to some people, to many people. Um, they didn't ever think they would miss their coworkers or say social aspects of coffee breaks or maybe solving really difficult problems. Those things they, they um, thought they were just part of their job. And then suddenly those are the things they miss. Or, or other things. I'm just using just a couple of examples here. Yeah. So, so I think people need to figure out uh, what it was that they missed the most or what, you know, they, they enjoyed the most. I think people don't always realize what's important to themselves until they lose it. Yeah. And once they understand what they really loved about the work, that can help them to choose something to include in their retirement plan that will give them the greatest satisfaction, you know, from day to day. Because without that, they may be wishing they had stayed working. Exactly. I love what Nancy's 
got to say about figuring out what it is that you enjoy about your job while you're still in it, right? Um, that can also help if you're feeling a little disgruntled uh, in your job. Maybe you've been at it for a long time and it, uh, you know, hasn't worked out to be what you thought it would be. Take, uh, take some time next weekend and really think about all the different aspects of your job and zero in on the ones that you enjoy because, mm. You know, if you if you can do that, that might be something that you can take forward into retirement. And if you've already retired, I loved her advice. Think about what it is that you miss from when you were working. And I agree. The answers may surprise you. Right. So I really like, too, that she emphasized the importance of choosing something to include in your retirement plan. Um, that's going to give you the greatest day-to-day satisfaction, uh, because without that, <laughs> you may wish you'd stayed working. Yeah. Interesting in season two, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but yep. um, in, in the next season, when we talk to people who retired and then decided to go back to work, mm-hmm. and I think for someone newly retired, that's either the best idea or the kookiest one, I think, <laughs> depending on, like, they're going to say, what, who would want to consider that? But we'll, you know, we'll be talking to some people who either chose full-time yep. or part-time work, mm-hmm. uh, some that returned to the same kind of job. Mm-hmm. And there's something sweet about that because if it's not going well, you can just say, see ya. Yeah. Um, and then others who chose a completely different job because maybe mm-hmm. their skills that they used while they're working, they could use it differently. And that really mm-hmm. piques their interests. Um, so just a little heads up about that to stay yeah. tuned for season two, because as we get along, we're now in the second half of season one. We are. Um, you know, we, we'd like you to come out. We'd like this to keep rolling. Um, yes. So if you're someone who retired and then went back to work, we would like to hear from you, honestly, if you if you take a moment and either send us an email at the retirement years podcast at gmail.com or post a comment on our Facebook or Instagram pages, uh, the retirement years podcast or on Twitter as well at retirement years. We do very sincerely love to hear from you because it's nice to know you're out there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we really do. Um. I found it interesting too that questions like what do you want to do in your retirement are now ones that are coming up for people when they sit down with a financial planner. And I'm really, you know, I was really happy to stumble across uh, uh, an Edward Jones article um, that was uh, interviewed the president of Edward Jones Canada, David Gunn. And uh, he referenced a study that I think Dave's going to talk about later on in the podcast. Uh, The study was called Longevity and the New Journey of Retirement. And so Edward Jones Canada and Age Wave, which is uh, an American thought leader on population aging, they commissioned or they took, I guess, information worked with the Harris Poll and they surveyed over 11,000 people across North America. So Canadians and Americans and So the article that I looked at was called Many Canadians Are Rethinking What Retirement Means to Them. And one of the quotes in that article was that the silver lining of the pandemic is that many individuals are rethinking what really matters to them and how they want to spend retirement and what they value. I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I I really liked again, we'll put a link to the to the uh, to the study on our website. I thought it was really interesting how they uh, talked about the different questions that they're training their financial planners to ask now based on the results of this study, uh, because they could clearly see the stages of retirement 
um, have changed. And mm-hmm. of course, we've been talking about the stages of retirement off and on for the first uh, the first half of uh, this season. And uh, so I found that really interesting. The other thing I really liked that uh, David Gunn said, and again, David Gunn is the president of Everett Jones Canada. He said, and I quote, retirement can be overwhelming with many Canadians not knowing where to start. I would say it's never too early to start and never too late to recalibrate. It's a different, way different journey than it was 10, 20, or 30 years ago. And and that was comforting because I know that uh, for my husband and I, certainly when when our kids were young, you know, we... <laughs> We didn't have a lot of extra money to be parking away in savings. We we did, uh, you know, put away what we could at the time, but we were always worried that it was never going to be enough, never going to be enough, never going to be enough. And now that we're at retirement, well, I'm retired. My husband's not retired yet, but now that we're here, um, we're realizing that there's other things that we can do at this stage to ensure that we do have enough money moving forward. And I think that, you know, I just want to offer that there is some, some comfort in you know if don't stress too much if you're if you're uh 35 40 45 and you haven't got any money put away for retirement yet don't don't panic about that too much you do want to think about it but you do want to be thinking about what you want to do in retirement mm-hmm. because what you want to do in retirement is what is going to dictate how much money you need for sure um those are good points and and i think affirming no matter where you are yeah uh retired and not regretting is not the right word but looking to recalibrate, as you said, uh, yeah. there's yeah. nothing stopping you, uh, nope. hopefully. And uh, living within your means is also important, obviously. And when you're deciding what I want to do, like, I don't think many people say I want to retire, therefore I want a 200 foot yacht and I want to, no, right. I mean, and maybe you are maybe <laughs> good on you, but it's, um, and we have said over and over that many of the things that are fulfilling, and make you happy in retirement won't cost you a lot of money. Exactly. They won't. No. Uh, it might be about time with family, time mm-hmm. with volunteering, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as part of the Edward Jones study, the, the section uh, entitled Longevity and the New Journey of Retirement, mm-hmm. very interesting information there as well. And again, comparing, as you were alluding to, the difference about what a retirement journey looks like now than it did 10, 20 or 30 mm-hmm. years ago. And the planners asking specific questions so that they can help you have a financial roadmap that'll allow you to do it. They also listed some questions near the end of that study about what you should be asking yourself. Yes. Because I know meeting with a financial planner, there are people who would go to the dentist first. Yes. Over that. Um True. And it's not as bad as you think. Like, again, if you if you didn't jive with somebody, you go to somebody else. But um, if you have a, a, a down to earth person that you like and trust, it's so worth it. It will it'll it'll change the way you look at at money and, and planning uh, ways to save it or spend it. But the questions they said to ask yourself is, what have I put off doing and enjoying? If mm-hmm. I can afford them, is now the time to do them? And. Sometimes even in retirement, you get busy and you forget what, what was the end game? What did I want to do that I enjoy? And yeah, how long should I put that off? Am yep. I doing everything I can to maintain and improve my health? Mm, um, yep. There are some habits you can fall into in retirement, uh, bad sleep patterns, um, uh, maybe uh, 
I don't know, uh, not not exercising as much as you thought you would, or even maybe getting up and doing less in retirement. Mm -hmm. um, just making sure you're focusing on your own health. Am I spending the right amount of time with my children and or grandchildren? Mm -hmm. uh, getting isolated from them can be difficult. Am I staying socially active? And mm -hmm. I, I know there's at least one person in my life would suggest that I don't do that enough. Uh, <laughs> but again, I'm quite content with my own company. Uh, what could I be doing to make more of a difference for others or simply stay busy and engaged? And that right. talks about that piece about giving back can be very fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, what I did like about the one graphic they were comparing, I don't know how long ago, but I know a, at least a decade or more about what people felt about, uh, like um, new retirees now are much more likely to say that retirement was a new chapter in their life. So they're yes. seeing the excitement, the journey. They're much less likely to see retirement as the beginning of the end, that sort of pessimistic, fatalistic, like, well, that's why I think some people fear retirement, to be quite honest. Yes. You feel, well, this is it. I'm putting out, to, they're putting me out to pasture and, yeah. and I'll just, this, is, but nothing is further from the truth and it'll be what you, what you make it for sure. Yeah. I really liked the, um, the section near the end in this study, retirees advice to younger generations. Mm -hmm. And I think they had something like five different pieces of advice. And I really felt we could have added a sixth one that says, listen to the retirement years podcast, well, but you know, you that aside, the other five. If they, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, I really liked the last one though, which is that retirement is a new beginning and a big new phase of life. So plan for how you'll stay active and engaged with life. And I felt, I thought that really fit in well with, um, some of the things that Louise had to say, right. The around reinventing ourselves mm -hmm. and um, some of the things we talked about last week about realizing that we can continually recreate who we are. And so let's, let's listen in and remind our listeners what Louise said in her interview that we aired in episode four. Put a picture in your mind of where you would like to be when you're in your sixties and seventies and eighties, you know, like what, type of life and what type of activities do you want to do do you want to be in a rocking chair knitting or reading a book and that's fine some people want to do that okay but if you, if you want to dream to go somewhere else like when I left in April of this year the timing was right it was absolutely you know things were all fell into place I chose not to move the year I retired in 2012 but I did create a happy life for myself there and everything while I was tending to family and friends and volunteer commitments that I had. But 10 years later, in 2022, I knew the time was right. And I was ready. What I'm doing now is really, I'm creating a new me. So as you heard Louise say, she's reinventing herself at this stage of her life. And I just, I think that's amazing. So mm -hmm. no matter what stage you're in, uh, we're begging you to give this question of what do I want to do in retirement? Some serious thought and then share your thoughts with others, get the conversation going. And of course, listen to our podcast for ideas. Uh, we'll be sharing more stories and interviews in the weeks to come of people who are choosing interesting ways to live in their retirement and fascinating new activities that they're doing in their retirement. I do want to caution though. Uh, you know, many of us look to see what people we know who are retired are doing, which is totally fine. 
Um, but the inspiration really for what you want to do that has to come from within you. We can't compare ourselves to others because that usually leaves most of us feeling you know, less than or not enough or, you know, we don't have enough and kind of feeling dissatisfied, right? You know, the whole grass is always greener. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about comparison. Uh, we're talking about inspiration for you to be creative with your own life, no matter what stage of life you're in. Absolutely. Even, even the, the um, so-called bizarre lifestyles that I, I went over from the Forbes magazine. Yeah. I don't mean that you have to go out and buy an RV, but you and uh, a spouse or partner or friend might say, Ooh. let's get in the car. And we're yeah. going to go to, they could do the same thing. And I don't suggest living in the car, but no. they could do something similar to go and pick up a bit of work here or there to be in a nice climate or visit a nice resort or, or whatever it happens to be, whatever crazy idea you come up with is, uh, is uh, very unique to you. Yeah. Um, and I believe it was Nancy who said in, in what she's doing in retirement is, um, wasn't it fashion design? Remember, she said she was yes. working on fashion. And I know it, you know her well, and it kind of surprised you. Like, oh, yeah, like that's but, right. But she said she always kind of dabbled in it. And she's yeah. like, you know, she's not going to become the next runway producer, probably, but she enjoys what she's doing. And so, see, I took inspiration from that. Mm -hmm. And so, what I've started to do lately, and I didn't tell you, is I've started to design uh -huh. a reversible jacket. How about that? It surprised you, didn't it? You didn't really? Yeah. I can't wait to see how it turns out. <laughs> oh, Dave. Oh, if I just put that effort toward good. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I've lost, I've lost my place. Uh, Cause again, I was so excited to get to that. Um, the, the end thought in this section, remember there are five sections in the RTO white paper. And we're talking today about choosing a, a retirement lifestyle that makes you happy. And, I'm going to read what they, they put down because they, they said it very well. People can crunch numbers with financial advisors and carefully review investment strategies, pensions, RSP portfolios. It all matters. But so does the introspection and the knowledge of self that will uh, determine the type of retirement you want. What will give you joy? There is no one answer. And also no one else but you who can answer. I love that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. Yep. Uh, so looking ahead to next week, uh, we're going to talk next week about a third section in this white paper. And that one focuses on the importance of preparing yourself emotionally for retirement and the inevitable losses that happen at that stage of life. Uh, we're also going to talk about finding love in retirement just Ooh. to balance things out a little bit. So until then, I'm Mary Ellen. And I'm Dave. Don't forget to check out the Retirement Years Podcast website, theretirementyearspodcast.com. And come and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We've said it before. We'll say it again. We'd love to hear from you via Twitter or any of the social media platforms. On Twitter, you'll find us at Retirement Years. And send us an email at the retirement years podcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you know a veteran who fought to defend the democratic freedom you hopefully enjoy in whatever country you're privileged to live in, thank them. The men and women everywhere who put their lives on the line for their country and to defend freedom and human rights in any country deserve our endless gratitude. 
I want to personally mention my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, as well as my brother-in-law and sister-in-law who were or are members of the Canadian Armed Forces, along with many other citizens of Marathon and Bigtagong Nishnabeg in Northwestern Ontario, who have proudly served in the Canadian Armed Forces. Many of them, including my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, served as peacekeepers for several international tours of duty, which took a huge toll on their health and well-being, and I'm humbled by their sacrifices. Bless all the veterans everywhere, and never forget what they've given us all. You have been listening to the Retirement Years Podcast, original music by Theodora Draper. For additional content, visit our website or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Our email address is the Retirement Years Podcast at gmail.com.